Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Is It Working. I'm Tiffany. And I am Sean. It's Tiffany's uh, week for a wild and wacky work fact, so let's hear it. So this week, uh, we're talking about advancing in the workplace, and my fun fact this week is uh, a time when I very much was not going to be advancing in the workplace. Now, I will say this was a (laughs) part-time role that I was at, so I wasn't looking to advance too much, but... Because I'm a crazy person, I got a second job um, at a restaurant when I worked at that amusement park for a couple of summers. They were like right next to each other. So I was like, ah, the chance for more money. Sure. And so I worked as a hostess at this restaurant and I went through like my very boring VHS tape trainings in the back room where I still had to be in the official uniform for reasons I do not understand, but whatever. But every day that I went in, and I had a shift like every day for a week. Every day that I went in, I saw the same people, but they forgot who I was. Like every day, they were just like, oh, welcome. Is it your first day? And I was like, no, I've been here. This is my fourth day. And the fourth time you've introduced yourself. I don't know what was going on. But they just kept forgetting who I was. And you have absolutely no chance of advancing if your supervisor does not know that you've been working there. So I only worked there for a week before I quit. <laughs> so you like barely made it out of training. Then. Yeah. I, if I, you even really were out of training. I actually think I maybe did like a week of training and then like a week on the floor. But like every day, the same thing. Like, oh, welcome. Is it your first day? Like, no. Yeah, that's a sign to leave for <laughs> sure. That's. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is just not going to go well. I can't. I can't do the welcome aboard small talk every day indefinitely. No, not at all. I've been thinking a lot about this this conversation because we have both sort of advanced in the workplace, you know, in our careers in terms of promotions and all that sort of good stuff. But it's I, I as I've communicated to you in the past and throughout the show, I've rarely ever had a good experience with it. Yeah. Which is absurd because it's like a promotion. It's supposed to be a positive kind of experience. Yeah, it should be like, you should feel accomplished. You should feel proud. You should feel like, you know, you've earned it. Title bump, compensation bump. Like it's all kind of like, oh, cool. I've I've done this. I've accomplished more. And so like now I get to take on more. Like the first time I was promoted was pretty quick after I was hired uh, when we worked together. Uh, It it had been like 10, 10 months. That is fast. Yeah, it was fast. It was just, I had a really awkward experience with that promotion as well. That, that I won't get into really in this conversation, but it involved like other people also getting promoted at the same time, but one one person in particular wasn't advancing to the same level. So it was very awkward, um, like a group conversation we had. It is uncomfortable. And then, of course, the second time, as I've talked about on the show, it, it was just a, a disaster um, where I was like, I was promised this in writing and then, you know, it didn't materialize when it was supposed to. And then you know, somehow my fault yeah. that this didn't materialize and all this great stuff. We have a lot to say about meritocracy because when we worked together, everything was in theory based on merit. Pay raises, advancement, all that stuff. Yes, so that was the party line. In theory, yeah, in theory, the quality of your work should be the defining factor. That hasn't really been the case, it seems. <laughs> because I think in, in most cases, meritocracy doesn't doesn't really exist. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And that as we kind of talked about last week with the performance evaluation, that process and therefore the results of the process can be really subjective. So it can be just like you're saying, like, how well do you get along with your boss? 
versus how well you actually perform or the kinds of ideas that you have. I know that we tend to initially focus quite a lot on compensation because that is obviously a key part of working. But for me, I also like to do more advanced work. We've talked about like getting into the more strategic side of things, trying new projects. And so I also want to be doing less of the like putting out daily fires and more of the long-term critical analysis of how we can really like change things or make a positive impact. And if you're not being allowed to advance in some capacity, like you're never going to get to that point. Yes, you're absolutely correct. And in in my mind, I think it's not super common in my mind that people sort of lay out a roadmap for how you advance, especially like your supervisor that like, oh, if you do these things on the checklist, then you're, then that equals this promotion. Yes. There are some exceptions that, like, I know sometimes government jobs kind of have that sort of, like, step system. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet that that, like, varies across industries. It's certainly not something that's very explicit or transparent in our industry, but I was thinking maybe the government right. or, um, like, tech or finance. I feel like engineering, maybe, that they have, like, a little bit more guidance in some of what they, like, need to achieve in order to make it to the next level. Yeah, I think so. But I don't, I just don't know how common that is. And it's frustrating because I've known people who, who want to advance and they say, okay, what do I need to do this year to achieve that? Mm -hmm. And they never really get a straight answer or they get kind of like a runaround. Yeah. I think it's because sometimes, you know, people are always very nervous in the workplace to make any sort of guarantees. And I think sometimes supervisors or people in management are just not interested in promoting people. Uh, and that's ultimately why people end up leaving. Yeah. But it, it can be very frustrating because it, it's like people want to set goals or want to do what they need to do to advance, but then they, and they might hit all those targets or whatever, but then it doesn't materialize or it takes an excessive amount of time to materialize. And to your point, like at our age and our, at this stage of our careers, we should be doing more strategic work. We shouldn't be doing more frontline stuff, especially in our industry, because we have ticked all the boxes we that, that we should experience yeah and that's exactly so that's something that I experienced where we worked together where I was sort of like verbally I, I hesitate to commit to promised but it was heavily implied that like there was so much room for advancement at this um, organization and yeah. that I was so good and um, I would be not just my title for very long like there was always opportunity to grow and that was that's what was so great about this place that's what my supervisor was always saying and you know you know how she was making promises couldn't keep you know because she had no authority to unilaterally promote somebody you know that had to get run up the ladder for sure she did not have that inherent authority and she did not really fight for her employees in that way but of course i didn't know that going in and so that was one of that was one of the reasons that i was interested in that role because, as I've said, it was a title and salary bump for me. I was promised international travel, which I had really tried to prioritize in my job search. And there was this whole big deal made about opportunities for advancement. And I thought, like, that is exactly what I need because I was still, like, fairly early in my career. And I know that I can do the work that is required of I don't want to say climbing the ladder because that sounds icky, but of just like doing better and getting better. And I worked there for years. My title never changed. I got like the minimum 
merit increase that everybody did year after year. And it just like, it was so disappointing. And so we've talked about how, you know, I asked myself when we were looking for new jobs, you know, how much did staying in this role longer than I should have set me back because Mm -hmm. I didn't show any demonstrable on your resume kind of growth there. And that was part of my panic in trying to find a new job, was just wondering, like, what will people think of me having only had, you know, this same set of responsibilities the entire time I was there? So it was really disappointing. It was really disheartening. And I I just kept, like, taking that bait year after year, performance eval, sorry, personal impact review after personal impact review, <laughs> promising, again, not anything specific, but just the concept of more never like oh your Mm -hmm. title will be this or you can advance to that stage it was always just like there's so much opportunity and but if you had asked like okay but specifically what opportunity there would have been no answer you know it's funny because i had i've had a number of title changes and promotions and all that sort of stuff when we work together and to me that looks just as chaotic as it is if I had the same do you think so title the entire time even to this day I, I worry about what my resume looks like because I don't think I really accomplished anything when we worked like at that place we worked at together in hindsight because everything that I had worked towards was taken away or like shut down so it kind of is like how do I articulate that in a job interview right when they ask about what happened like to transition so I don't ever have a good answer for that and I have to spin a really terrible experience into a positive one somehow by saying oh well open up this this new opportunity which it didn't and so it's frustrating so they're like so people sometimes take it as like a, oh you just like they moved you basically and sometimes you're like oh well you were kind of like promoted i'm like well no <laughs> that was a lateral change like yeah. it was the same work the same type of work just in a different office yeah. and i worked so hard at everything i did so even like me personally not advancing but the work that I was doing, you know, spinning wheels in place because there was zero support from like leadership. You and I both are very heavily opinionated on this, but hard work clearly does not equal anything. Hard work on its own does not equal better pay, more opportunity, more advancement, blah, blah, blah. I think it can be a part of it. And I think this is kind of a lie we've been fed, particularly in American society, that if you work hard, you reap the rewards. Yes. Which is not, not true at all. Because you always hear these like inspirational stories like, well, I started here in the mailroom in 1963. Yeah. And, you know, by the 1980s, I was in the in the boardroom. I'm like, all right, well, that, that that's a very individual experience. I just don't think that happens really as frequently as we were sort of told it would, you know, when we were growing up. When I made that first advancement after like 10 months, I was like, oh my God, hard work does yeah. pay off. But I think I was just really a product of right place, right time rather than me you know what I mean and it's because the work I was doing really was at a higher level than my entry-level job and job description reflected and so it's not like I advanced very far I got I went to the next level but like but quickly I mean that that would be a really encouraging change to see like oh I really do have potential here and they really do recognize it and I think yeah I felt that way a ton I was fed the same thing by that person because she also sat on the hiring committee when I was hired. And she was like, the opportunities for advancement are crazy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, well, cool. I mean, I'm 20, whatever I was at the time, 22, 23. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, maybe that's true. And then, you know, 10 months later, I have a new job title. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't realize the, the possibilities yeah. here, like the, the potential. 
And the work I was doing was very new. It hadn't been done before. I was only the second person like hired on to help with that sort of project work stuff. Aside from like the person who was my boss at the time. I don't know. It's, it's, it's really discouraging. And I know some people who are comfortable sort of where they're at and don't want to advance and this sort of stuff. I mean, we worked with a couple of those people who were awesome employees and awesome people, yeah. but they just didn't really have it. They personally had no interest in advancing. Yeah, they were, they were comfortable just happy where they were. Doing what they were yep. doing. And they liked the work. They were good. Yeah. That's fine. And, but it just goes to show that like, you know, they worked really hard and no one gave them like significant pay increases or anything like that. Even if they didn't want to advance, you know, yeah. it'd be like, just pay them more because they're doing a great job. Right. It goes back to the whole concept of like the the bootstraps and the american dream and if you just work hard Mm -hmm. enough and Mm -hmm. there are outlier stories where there's truth to that and then there are those stories that get lifted up that like i'm sure you've seen the memes where it's like i'm 25 and just bought my dream home and this is how i did it i i wake up early i eat a good breakfast my parents gave me like 80 percent of the (laughs) right 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 yeah, I stopped eating out, and I don't. I have my coffee at home, and also like I'm I'm daddy's special yes, boy, yes, so I yes. had three million dollars <laughs> in my bank account already. Yeah, yeah. Some of those worked so hard, made my way. Stories are also backed by a lot of resources and privilege, but it's very hard to truly just work your way up through your effort. What I started doing at that job, um, especially after the first year, when I had like achieved all of my goals. I had gone above and beyond. I had done so much in adverse situations at times because, you know, that was right when everyone was starting to like panic about finances pre-COVID, but there were financial concerns at our institution. And so the attitude had, had changed quite a lot. So I, I did all these great things. As we said last time, like my boss was constantly like, you have the best performance evaluation. Like nobody fills it out like you do. Except for everybody else in the office. Right, except she told <laughs> that to everyone apparently. Who got the exact same spiel, yeah. The way that it sounds is like, you are doing great and I recognize that. Like that's that's what she was saying essentially, right? So I'm hearing that, but then not seeing the fruits of my labor, literally. And you internalize yeah. that. Yeah, well, that's the problem. That's the exact problem with that, that organization, but I think with a lot of organizations as well, you get all this really great feedback, but like even at my, my last, my most recent job, like I got all this great feedback when I left that role, they were like, we'll be great references for you. And like, I'm not trying to, to diss on them or anything because they, they are great people and stuff like that. But if that was the case, then like, why wasn't I advancing or why wasn't right. I making more money? Yeah. Or why, was, why were there issues? You know, so it just doesn't make sense. And so, and that's the exact same issue when we worked together because we were getting what essentially amounted to stellar above expectations, exceeding expectations, feedback, which was documented. That's not my language. That's the language on our personal impact, stupid review things. Right. So you would think like, okay, well, if I exceed expectations every year for the last seven years, I should own the goddamn place, you know, like, but, or like, I should be a little bit further along in the trajectory of my career than what's really happening on the like in in reality. Yes. So after that first year when it was basically like I was showered with all of these compliments and like very little constructive or critical feedback which I'm totally open to like that I want to do better. So if you have ways for me to do that, please share them in the like appropriate professional capacity which we were going through. 
And um, so after that first year when nothing changed, and especially after she had been like, oh, you, you won't be just this title for long. For long, yeah. I started documenting like everything that I did. So I kept like a running Google Doc of Mm -hmm. not only things that would help me like fill out my performance evaluation over, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. the months that you like kind of forget those goals sometimes, but also just like all the extra little things that I was doing to improve the functionality of the office, to uh, improve the experience of our students that were coming to us with issues or problems to improve how we handled situations to improve how we like hired the student workers that we had like I had just pages on pages on pages and I tried the next year in the performance evaluations to address the goals and topics that were you know listed and that I was supposed to but I also tried to like make Mm -hmm. a case for why I deserved more based on all of these other things And I got the same feedback two years in a row where it was like, oh, my gosh, so great. Like, it's so smart that you take note of this, blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't believe it. Like, you really have done so much. And I was like, yeah, okay, I did. I did a thing. I made a case for myself. This should work out. Nothing changed. When I had a different supervisor, I had asked for a raise because I was doing more work and I had documented that. And so I said, here's here's what my job description says. Like, I'm kind of doing X, Y, Z things. So I hadn't I didn't ask for a formal promotion. Because I felt the title for where I was at made yeah. sense, but I needed more money yeah. <laughs> or wanted more money. And so she's like, okay, let, let me go ask. And which was nice of her to do in the first yeah. place. But she was like, well, he said that you need to be doing more work in order to get paid more. I'm like, that's why I documented and provided you the with information yeah. showing you that. And it kind of never went anywhere from there. So it's kind of like you can put put it on yourself like we did to sort of like, here's what we've been doing here's where we were, here's what we're supposed to be doing, and here's what we actually mm-hmm. are doing, and here, here's how it's more. So, you know, we want to reap those benefits of doing more work, getting paid more, getting, you know, advancement opportunities, getting to maybe be acknowledged for doing more strategic type work, whatever whatever it is. But, um, you know, because it's not like we were just sitting there like, well, why aren't we getting promoted? Yeah, you know, no, it's just we like were we were doing anything. Making efforts and trying to trying to do what you should do. Work hard. And then, you know, as in in the past, maybe yeah, that was just like seen like, ah, oh, this hard worker deserves the next right. level. And that is not really how it works in these days. But no. you have to work hard and then like make your case. And we both were like proactively doing that. And yep. it just was not received. If you're, again, crushing it at work, doing everything, but like for whatever reason, your supervisor just doesn't like you that much and. It may be for a legitimate reason or just for no reason at all. That significantly impacts your ability to grow, not only, you know, advancement and compensation wise, but professionally, because that person's not going to call you in to give you opportunities to shine. That person that we reported to said to me once, she's like, you like, not everybody likes you. And I'm like, shocker. (laughs) I'm not, I can't please. That's what I said to her. I said, well, I can't please everybody. I can't control what people think of me. You know, I can only do what I do. She's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. But just keep that in mind. I think that that a lot of times, not to speak to your experience or anything specifically, but that just reminds me of her attitude generally about how she was like very mission driven. And so I think if she 
really liked you. She was like, oh, you just match the mission so well. Like, you just embody the mission. Like, I love that. And then if she didn't really, it was like, oof, well, I can't possibly like you because you don't embody the mission. Like, I think that she had some kind of, like, filter or... Like she hid behind that so that like she wasn't a bad person for not liking you. She just couldn't support you as an individual because you were not for the mission. Like that's what she made it feel like. So sometimes it doesn't matter how nice or polite or respectful or how high quality your work is. Sometimes you just hit a wall. And sometimes you hit sort of that natural ceiling. I know you have an experience you're going to talk about where... You know, you, it might be a smaller organization or you work in a smaller office or or resource wise, but you may just naturally hit a hit an advancement ceiling. Yeah. And that's my exact experience. When I first got into international higher education, I, you know, was trying to like learn all about the field and see what all it meant because I hadn't like prepared for this role. I just sort of was a good fit for a particular institution at a particular time and then I thought you know oh I could I could stay in this I like it I'm into it and but the more I thought about it the more I thought well I'm really like my heart is in the international side not the admissions side so if I'm looking up just like you said like I was at a large institution but I had a small team that did the focus on the part that I was interested in and I had Mm -hmm. just one supervisor and then the level above him took on more populations than just the one I was interested in. So it occurred to me, like, I only Mm, have so much mobility here. It was early, so I wasn't looking to bounce or anything like that. I still had a ton to learn. Sure. But it just occurred to me, like, this isn't my forever place necessarily. And of course, now I feel, you know, I don't really want to stay at one location for like 30 years or whatever. But at the time, I wasn't really sure because it was my first job that had any real potential. And so I was looking and I was like, well, I don't think my boss is going anywhere soon. Like he's been here a minute and he really loves it. So like I am obviously not going to advance to that role. And then beyond that, that's not the work that I want to be doing in this field. What can I really do? Where can I really go? And you can make a ton of lateral moves in this space, um, but the vertical movement is somewhat limited and it might take you a while to get to that director role. But that's it. Like, that's the highest you can go while sticking with this field. And so that was an interesting kind of realization for me. This is part of the reason why I don't put a whole lot of, like, stock in titles anymore. As we've said in previous episodes, like, what means one thing in one industry might mean something in another industry or even organization to organization in the same industry. It doesn't really matter. Sometimes you just hit that natural ceiling, but the title might not even make sense. You know, when I first started at the job that we worked at together... The person who was in charge of the entire office was in a, at an associate director level, which is not a high, not the highest. Right. Usually directors oversee offices in, in our industry. And so it was just strange because normally that person would have a director level right. title and, and it didn't materialize that way. But then she advanced to that title. And so the next progression logically was executive yeah. director. And then after that, there was like assistant vice president. And so there's all very meaningless. And I don't know if it necessarily even reflected advancement properly because you weren't necessarily like when she was quote unquote promoted to the director level, her role didn't change at all. She did the exact same work. So it's not even a good reflection of advancement. It's just it's really just a title and probably a pay bump. I wonder if you're listening and you're in a different industry, like let us know what is advancement like for you, because I would be really curious if there are similar patterns across industries. I think that there's probably some similarity just because like 
ultimately, like we were, you know, working for a business and businesses all have some overlap, but I would be curious if like how similar it is. So if you have input here, we'd love to hear it. So what about how do you now having had the experiences that we've had with difficulty advancing as you're looking for new work? How do you keep that in mind? That's a great question, because I, I have in the past asked about advancement opportunities. I've been like, well, what does advancement look like when I'm interviewing for jobs? And the response to that is very mixed. People say like, oh, we usually promote within or, you know, that sort of stuff. Other people are very turned off by that question because they kind of look at you like, oh, you're just here to try and take my job or whatever the situation is. Some real insecurity there. There is. Like, I remember I said it in one job I was particularly interested in. I was like, so what does advancement look like here? Like, how how does that normally work? And I got this very brief annoyed response <laughs> to the question and there they also said something like well this role won't advance anytime soon like kind of thing it was very strange i phrasing. mean kudos for that transparency i guess but also like not what you want to hear no not at all and because i had coupled the question with like what does professional development and advancement look like here a great question sure yeah it's just i have always gotten really mixed responses to it so i don't really even ask anymore when i do interview for jobs i just i ask i lean more into the like what does growth look like here that's how i've always phrased it yeah i kind of take it that way if they want to how they answer still gives you insight even if they don't include any particular like ladder for you if they are really open to professional development and growth for their individual employees there's probably a stronger likelihood that the title and compensation and work level advancements will come with that kind of attitude. So you can kind of gauge based on that. But that's, that's weird. I've never gotten that kind of negative response from it. That was definitely the most negative time. I've always been a little too skittish to really lean into the advancement. Although I did have a, a, a job interview where I got through several rounds and I really did want to know because they really wanted someone to be in the role for two to three years and they made that clear. And I wanted to know like, okay, well, if that's what we do, like, then what's next? Or is it just like, that's what you want. And then whatever happens after you don't really care. So I was trying to ascertain like how they saw that from the employee's perspective. Basically, I did not love the answers that I got. They were not super encouraging. I did not end up taking that job. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, Yeah. It was the first time that I really pressed for more specific details because I'm always just a little skittish about that. I know I shouldn't be, but I am. It's an awkward question. It is awkward because like you're asking about advancement opportunities when you're applying for a job or in the middle of trying to get a new job. It just sounds like you're not really interested in the role that you're applying for. I've only specifically asked about advancement a couple times. One was when I got that really negative, weird response. So I, I definitely lean more into like, okay, so what is like, I lean to more like culture-based questions or growth type questions. Cause sometimes people come at you with really awesome responses. Like, yeah, we're remote, but this is how we like have a organizational culture, what it's like to work remote yeah. with us. I or definitely look for that. When you work with us, you have access to XYZ development opportunities. They may have like affinity groups for people with different identities, or they may have like online courses, or they might offer certificate or tuition program. The more opportunities there are within those answers, the more potential I think there is for a positive experience in terms of 
your growth and advancement because if you are going to join, let's say, one of those affinity groups or something, and then you take on a leadership role there, like if that's valued by the organization, that's going to help your case as you're trying to maybe make a lateral move to a better fit or climb a little bit vertically and your involvement outside of just your limited role can help make that case for you. And if there are all of these opportunities for you to basically do like what I consider like work extracurricular activities, and if those are valued, that can kind of give you a hint as to what they're looking for in terms of like what would set you apart, what would make you shine, what would make you a good candidate for something next. There's really no wrong answer to that question, except when you give a BS answer. Because there aren't any and, and, you know, they, they don't know how to answer that or they give you like a really weird answer because really any, any, they could list any type of development opportunity. You know, it might not be the ones you want to hear or what you're interested in, but if they offer stuff, then that's a good sign. I I don't know if you noticed this, but last year I've seen in particular a number of job descriptions list like, um, has to be open to growth or willing to adapt, change. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, continuous learning, that that type of language. And so when I see that in a job posting and I get past the phone interview, I ask, like, so I notice that this is an ex- expectation of the role. Like, how do you do, how do you yeah, help what is that? that? Like, like, how do you do that? Or what do you have available so this person can accomplish that? And so it's, it's very concerning when those organizations in particular do not give you a good answer. Yeah, I agree. At least if they're giving you an answer, that's a good yes. sign. Because, again, when we're talking about advancement, we're not just necessarily talking about promotions and pay increases. And while those things are great, you know, we certainly want other types of advancement. Like, is this job interesting or am I learning stuff at this job or is it challenging enough to keep me engaged? You know, because if you're just kind of clocking in, then you're just kind of clocking in. And again, there is nothing wrong with that. If you're just trying to go and do your job, secure your paycheck and get out. Totally support that. Yep. Yeah, Tiffany and I are very much on the same page where, you know, we, we want to be doing interesting work that we enjoy and that's relevant to our backgrounds, but also we want to, you know, learn stuff and be challenged. And Yeah, one of our criteria is like we want to be developing in some way. And so it's good to kind of ask about yes. those things. And we've kind of alluded to this throughout by talking about how to consider this concept and these questions as part of a job search or interview process Mm -hmm. but ultimately Mm -hmm. the best way to advance most of the time going to be to job hop get a new role apply for it go through the whole process don't just wait for someone to notice and pluck you from your current role a lot of times that also entails an entirely new organization so that you can make bigger leaps faster i completely agree that's very true we found as millennials you have to job hop in order to get paid more I mean, if you're expect like a significant salary increases, you know what I mean? Sometimes you might get lucky and might be able to do that within the same organization, but oftentimes you're going to have to go sort of elsewhere. And that's frustrating for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think employers do great at retention. You know, we've seen that clearly during the great resignation. They're not willing to, many, I should say, are not willing to compromise on remote work or whatever the circumstances are that people have an issue with. Applying for a new job or getting, you know, being on the job hunt is essentially a full-time job. It's time-consuming. It's exhausting. It is frustrating. So when when you job hop, you have the opportunity essentially to get paid more, but you're essentially applying for a promotion elsewhere. Right, yeah. Is more or less what you're doing. Because people don't generally, although I have seen this happen, make lateral job hops. But 
yeah, I feel like job hopping has increased over the last years in particular, especially because like the conventional wisdom was that you have to stay at each job for two years um, before. That's like what we were always told because I applied for a job not that long ago. They're like, well, you haven't been at your current role very long. Like what's what's up with that? And so I you know, gave them the reasoning and they're like, oh, OK, that's cool because uh, nobody really cares anymore um, at all. You know, there's people who stay in I jobs for six months now. The, um, hiring level people are more commonly people who have had those similar experiences as well. And so they know that like job hopping doesn't mean like you are a defective employee and you're just moving around because you can't actually do the work or be trusted or whatever, which I think was when we were told like stay at a job for two years. I think that was the general sense of things. But now I think that people doing more of the hiring have also hopped a bit more themselves. So they know that it's just like, oh, new opportunities or I moved or whatever. And, you know, millennials can't afford to buy houses in a lot of cases. So like we're not as tied down as some previous generations who were like, I am very locally based. I need to find a job in my area because I own this home. Yeah. Yeah. Remote work has totally changed that, that landscape. Even before that, it was just like, well, I would move for a job because I'm not tied down to where I am located necessarily yeah i don't have kids i don't own a home or whatever the situation so i think is. there's a lot more understanding for that now i think so too and i think with with covid and stuff and this is why i've said in previous episodes that to this day we do you know even if we're happy where we're at to sort of keep our our finger on the pulse of what's going on in the job market um, because you never know when you're going to stumble across something that is better for you yeah. in every possible way and there's zero reason that you should stay where you're at, even if you're happy. I think after our experience of working together, I'm very hesitant to get too comfortable because I stayed at the same place for seven years and have very little to show for it. <laughs> and and that's not great for, you know, me as a professional. But you're right. When I look at other positions, I'm, I although I don't place a lot of stock in, in the actual title of the role, I definitely look to see like the the content is it actually an advancement for me yeah and i've made that clear in interviews before as well because there's been a question i think i've talked about before how like sometimes my title looks like a lateral move or mm-hmm. even like a step down but i'm like the responsibilities and the expectations are a climb for me they are an increase and again changing yes. industries or even just changing yes. offices can make titles completely a foreign language from one place to the other. So that has never bothered me. I want to focus on what am I actually going to be doing? And is it an appropriate level of, you know, challenge and interest for me, no matter what it's called? It'd be nice if employers put more stock in retaining employees and offering things because it's not always cash compensation that people want. Again, we are big fans of cash compensation on this show. However, (laughs) There are other things that are important. And it's funny because I'm thinking back to when we worked together and you said, because in your job description and my job description originally had six to eight weeks of international travel a year. That never happened. I think, the, well, actually one time, I think I did go for six weeks. Uh, one time. But it was an expectation that this was, would be a reoccurring thing. And usually it was like five or 10 days here and there. Incredible experiences still, but that was a part of your job description. So if they had only made that happen, you could have, you know, explained how that's a growth and learning opportunity. And changing industries or changing organizations, or if you're looking to just like get out as part of, you know, for whatever reason you are, but if advancement is part of your consideration, it's not a uh, a, a decision that you can necessarily make very lightly because you also have to consider like, 
changing insurance and possibly moving unless you're or like what remote opportunities there are if you're like us and prioritize remote work. There's a lot involved with changing jobs and organizations as well. So you have to weigh as part of that, especially if you're going Mm -hmm. to be doing it somewhat more frequently, like let's say less than every two years or whatever, because you want to make sure that you're making a good choice, not only on paper as a professional, but that you're also going to a team that you think you'll get along with and be able to succeed at. You want to know that you're going to have room for that growth and advancement if that's something that you're interested in. And you have to go through onboarding and training all over again, get used to all new systems mm-hmm. and platforms and uh, you know company culture and things like that. And that's taxing. Finding a job is taxing, but then yeah. like being onboarded is taxing. And the experience can really vary. Job hoppers have a, a ton of those experiences, of course, because they've been through different onboardings and trainings. And that's what we'll be speaking about in episode 13, sort of um, best and worst job you know, training and slash onboarding experiences, what that looks like for us. So that's episode 13 next week. In the meantime, you can go to our Instagram page. So every week we share a clip of the, you know, upcoming episode. So share your favorite clip to your Instagram story and tell, you know, the people who follow you, you know, what you like hearing from this isn't working. I guess that's all we got. So we'll see you next week. Bye. I'm not going to be able to do that.